2023 AFC East betting preview edition of the of the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Game Podcast Network, presented by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a one thousand dollar prize. Join today at sportsgamepodcast.com slash Patreon. I'm just about that action, boss. Welcome, everybody, to the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast. So now it is currently Friday afternoon, August 4th to be exact. I'm your host uh, for this episode, Scott Reichel, and I'm joined by Dylan Rockford. And together, once again, we're going to go through the AFC East, talk about our favorite bets, talk about what we expect to happen in the division for the upcoming season. I also know that Dylan and I are both Jets fans, so we will try not to be fully biased for this podcast. But Dylan, how's it going with you? Are you actually excited for the NFL season for once? Oh yeah, I'm excited. It's it kind of started last night. Football was back. I loved it. Uh, first kickoff and they fumbled it. It was such a brown thing to do. I love that. Um, but yeah, excited for football. Excited to be with you today. Uh, we'll try to not to be as biased as we can. But yeah, excited for the Jets this season. I was debating on wearing my Garrett Wilson jersey or not. There, Rodgers one is still in the mail. So, well, I'm gonna ask though for the Aaron Rodgers one. What color jersey did you get? The white one. Okay, good choice. I, I wasn't sure if you ended up going for a retro one. You went for mm-hmm. the black and green one. No, I got the black one for Garrett Wilson. So I was like, I got to get a different yeah. color. Mm-hmm. So I got the white one. I don't really like the old school ones, but I had to go with white. Yeah, makes sense. But either way, the Jets did officially play yesterday. We're not going to talk about the final score because that doesn't <laughs> matter. But still, nice to see football. Overall, the game was entertaining. And you had a bit of a delay there for, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, but they eventually resumed in the fourth quarter. First of all, just since it involves a team in this division, there are zero takeaways from the game yesterday, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, there were they're just guys trying to make the squad. I mean, Zach Wilson and all those guys, they only play like, what, 10, 15 snaps, if that, like Beckton played seven snaps. So don't really take much from the game. I guess what my biggest takeaway from the game was um, Will McDonald. He should be good. He had a couple decent spin moves, I thought, off the edge. Uh, DTR, I think he's going to be pretty good uh, once he gets his feet underneath him. Yeah, he wasn't playing against the best competition, but in the second half, he showed some life and, you know, he brought his team back to win the game. I like DTR a lot. Yeah, well, he was very mobile at UCLA, so we'll see if that can translate. Usually mobile quarterbacks do quite well in preseason because Mm -hmm. nobody knows what the hell they're doing, so if the quarterback can buy an extra couple seconds, that can make all the difference. But DTR looked good. Once again, the Jets haven't exactly taken preseason that seriously in the past, or the record has not been that good in preseason, and nothing really changed there. But obviously Rodgers didn't play. None of the star players played. It really doesn't mean anything. Yeah, not at all. I was actually surprised to see him with the with the full headgear on. With the I liked it though. He looked. I did too. Yeah, he did look engaged. He look. He looks happy on the sideline. And to be honest, he looks a lot. He looks really tan out there. I don't think it's been that hot over here, but that looks pretty tan. Well, it is summertime. I know we officially bought a place in Jersey, uh, Mm -hmm. a couple of miles away from the stadium. So he's officially living in Jersey. So just keep that in mind. But Rogers has moved, so he will be joining us in the tri-state area. But anyway, 
Uh, time to actually get into some of the, uh, I'd say, purpose of the show, which is going through the four teams and talking about their chances to win the division, talking about the win totals, odds to make the playoffs, stuff like that, and overall takeaways. And I'm going to start off with the uh, favorite to win the division, the team that's won it for the past three years. You got the Bills. And if you're looking at the actual uh, numbers here for Buffalo, they are once again plus money. So it's not like an insane favorite to win the division, but they are currently plus 120. Uh, you have the Jets at plus 270, Dolphins at plus 300, Patriots at plus 800. I'll get into some of those odds again, but for the sake of this team, the Bills are plus 120 as the favorites. As for the win total, you can find basically 10.5 or 11.5. Uh, the over on 10.5 is minus 150, so plus money on the under if you do think the Bills regress. You're looking at the make playoff odds. The Bills are minus 265 to make the playoffs. So once again, people are expecting Buffalo to continue their AFC East supremacy uh, in the post-Brady era in New England. But I'm going to ask you, going through some of the moves that Buffalo made quickly, for the most part, they were able to maintain a decent amount of solid players, and they really seemed to sure up the trenches a little bit. They were going after Leonard Floyd. They got him, ended up fixing some of the offensive line, and they also ended up getting a D-tackle or two. But they also got Damian Harris, if you want to throw in a running back there. But Harris has been a little bit up and down in his NFL career. First of all, I'm going to start off with the offseason. I'm curious what your thoughts are, Dylan. I think the Bills had a pretty vanilla offseason. It didn't mm -hmm. seem like they did much, but getting Leonard Floyd helps, and it definitely seemed to address some of the concerns on the offensive and defensive lines. Did you like their offseason? Because I kind of just give it a generic B minus. I, I thought it was just a fine offseason where they didn't rock the boat too much. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, upgrading their offensive line, like you, they got X-Jack Connor McGovern. They uh, they got interior guy, I think, Punnett Ford as well. Yep. So they, they, they upgraded a little bit. And I think that's one of their biggest weaknesses up front is on the offensive line. They did lose their key defensive guy in uh, Tremaine Edmonds on defense, so I think that was a big uh, loss for them. But I think their biggest addition coming late is uh, Kincaid in the first round. Mm -hmm. I think that's like a nice new toy, I, I guess you could say, for um, Josh Allen, especially in the red zone. So I think it adds depth there. But yeah, vanilla basically offseason. I don't really think they added much. So I, I just, you know, I, I feel like this is the third or fourth year every expectations are high on this team, but can they really get over the hump this year? You know, that that's the big question mark for this team. And if they don't, would you consider, I guess, Sean McDermott on the hot seat after this year? I think he should have already been on the hot seat, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, now you can make an argument. It wasn't his fault with the 13 seconds situation there against Kansas city. You have to win that game. Just simply put, you should have been to a super bowl already. Last year was embarrassing. You were at home. It was in the snow and Cincinnati yeah. buried you. And for me, it really is kind of ironic because the Bills play kind of a smash mouth style in the sense that their quarterback is a refrigerator with legs and he could truck over anybody. They have a lot of weapons on the outside and they try to pride themselves being in a very cold environment of Buffalo on being tougher than their opponents. It's usually what they go for. And it seems like year in, year out in the playoffs, they just keep showing a lot of mental weakness and they get pushed around. And we saw that in the playoff game against the Bengals. The Bills wanted no part of that game. At they really all. didn't. The Bengals just took it to them. They dominated. The weather didn't impact them. But it was really just a battle in the trenches, which is why the Bills ended up trying to make some 
drastic adjustments to those areas. But I got to at least point out that the Bills, for a team that plays in cold weather all the time and that looks like a regular season powerhouse, there's a couple of times there in the playoffs where they don't look like they're fully ready to respond when they get punched in the mouth. And I'm assuming you've noticed the same thing. Yeah, 100%. They beat up on the teams that they're supposed to. But whenever they get to the playoffs and they're against winning teams, especially when they're favored, I agree. I was on the Bills in that playoff game at home. There's no way they should have got – it wasn't even a football game. And they got punched in the mouth. They couldn't stop the run. Joe Mixon got anything they wanted. So, yeah, I agree. I think against very good teams, they just choke under pressure. And, you know, Sean McDermott came out in the offseason and said, you know, we're trying to get back to our ways and we're trying to, you know, adopt this new culture. But at a certain point, how many years do you have to give for them to really get past this hump? So uh, running back still a big issue for them, I think. I mean, I like Cook, but they need depth, I think. Well, they got Damian Harris, I said before, but he's had injury issues his entire yeah. career, so I'm not sure if that's going to be that big of an upgrade or even a factor, but I'm going to throw that out there. I am going to ask you, though, since I did not mention any of the Super Bowl and AFC title odds there, which I'll pull up right now, I'm going to start off with the basic question. You said that you don't, you have not seen them get over the hump. We all have not seen them get over the hump. Do you think this is the year? <sighs> We'll start, I want, we'll start yeah. off with making a Super Bowl. We'll start off with that. This year, no. I, I, I don't just because I think the AFC is just a juggernaut and they're especially every team got, I think, a little better. Maybe not the Patriots, but I, I think a lot of teams in the AFC have gotten better and the AFC is just a juggernaut right now. So I don't think they'll get to the Super Bowl this season. Or maybe with Sean McDermott, I think they've kind of plateaued a little bit. So there, I don't have them going to the AFC Championship game or even making the Super Bowl. So, yeah, at, for that, I don't. Well, just for the odds, if anyone was curious, the Bills to win the AFC's plus 450 and the Bills' odds to win the Super Bowl are at 9-1, to one, which for me, I disagree with because I think that Cincinnati has a better chance of actually – I guess the argument is for division. The mm-hmm. AFC North is going to be so difficult – and the Patriots should be a joke. So I guess the argument yeah. is the division's going to be tougher for Cincinnati. Burrow, as far as, as I know, the injury was only a strain, so he's not going to be out for a while. So that's definitely a, sign, a sigh of relief there for Bengals fans because Burrow should be healthy for the start of the season. I'm not picking the Bills to make a deep run either because simply put, in a matchup between the Bills and Kansas City and the Bills and the Bengals, I'm not picking the Bills in either of those, so I'm not picking them to win the AFC. I'm assuming you're on the same page. Yeah, 100%. And I think they got kind of cute. They beat Kansas City in the regular season, and then they just couldn't beat them in the playoffs, and they got blown out by um, the Bengals. So, yeah, whenever they get to those two teams, I think the two best teams in the AFC, which are the Chiefs and the Bengals, they just have their number. So, yeah, I don't expect them to get over the hump. And, you know, last year their offense kind of seemed a lot different without Dable there. Josh Allen was a turnover machine last year. What 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 do you think the problem was with that? A bad decision making. It, it's a yeah. bit of far. It's about a. It's a bit of like a Favre situation where his arm strength and his arm talent is so good that he thinks he can make every throw when some throws are physically impossible. So Allen knows how physically gifted he is, and he's going to force it. 
And as a result, he made a bunch of dumb decisions and he threw 14 interceptions. Now, when I looked at it, 14 seemed a bit low, actually, because it feels like 20 when you look back on it. It felt like he threw a bunch of them. But you're just looking at Allen and his decision making. And I do think that's going to be a serious problem for the Bills in some of these games. If they can't consistently run the football and you're in cold weather and Allen, we know, is definitely susceptible to making really dumb decisions with the football, do I trust them to win very, very tough 50-50 games against the Chiefs and the Bengals if I know for a fact that Mahomes and Burrow will make better decisions with the football for four quarters? And the answer is no. I don't think Buffalo is good enough to do that. Now, I'm not saying Josh Allen's never going to win a Super Bowl. That's not what I'm saying. I just think that Dable leaving left a massive flaw in Allen's overall game because Dable was able to rein him in a little bit make sure that he was kind of blending in his physical gifts with his brains of trying to not make dumb throws because you think you can do it. Don't be afraid to kind of sacrifice a play, move on to the next one. Allen doesn't let any plays go to waste for better or worse. And that's why sometimes he can make a bad play, a brutal play, because he's trying to salvage everything instead of trying to just accept a lost cause, throw the ball away and move on to second down. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes it's like watching Madden out there. He tries to be Superman and try to do it all, but he run, he creates more problems for him in the offense at that. And you would think that sometimes it was kind of reminding me of Zach Wilson. Like he just he tries to make every throw and he's not reading the defense all that well instead of just throwing the ball out or getting down. And I, I really wish Josh Allen kind of hones in in a little bit and doesn't try to run as much as he did in previous years because. You know, we saw it against the Jets at MetLife where he was dealing with that injury. And I think that he led on that he was injured more than I think the Bills came out and said. Yeah, but I do want to point out, though, the last thing I'll say about the Bills here uh, with uh, regard to recapping last season. In addition to losing to the Bengals, a reminder, they almost lost to Skylar Thompson at home in the first playoff game. Uh, Allen had two picks against the Dolphins and he had a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. And the Bills in that game were favored by 14, and they almost lost. In fact, they they uh, were trailing in the second half. So once again, Buffalo in the playoffs has really left a lot to be desired. And I think Josh Allen is a, a reason for that. I think it's mostly McDermott. To be honest, I just think this is what they are. I think that they're a good regular season team, not a great playoff team. And once again, I'm aware that the narrative would shift if they were able to keep Kansas City off the board in those 13 seconds. But they didn't. So yeah. it just is what it is. I think McDermott's a good regular season coach, not a great playoff coach, and I see them losing in either the first or second round again. Yeah, I agree. And you mentioned they they lost they they almost lost to uh, Skylar Thompson. They almost lost to Detroit as well on the road. I think right before Thanksgiving or not, they won by three points. So there, there are a lot of close games that they got. They were a very penalized team. You mentioned uh, I was looking at the turnovers when you mentioned it. He had fourteen, Josh Allen, but. Uh, they that's had 27 altogether. That yeah, that's fumble. only interesting. Yeah. So fumble altogether, they had 27. That was third most in the league. They they have yeah. to clean it up, especially against the Chiefs and the Bengals. Yep. But anyway, that's the overall long-term problems we have with the Bills because we don't think they're going to be good enough to win a Super Bowl for the division. They're plus 120. They've won it for three straight years. We know the Dolphins had a bit of a 
interesting offseason. I know they ended up signing Jalen Ramsey. Then he got hurt. He'll miss the start of the year. So we'll talk about that in a second. The Jets will talk about in a minute, but we know they were one of the biggest winners of the offseason. If you have faith in Aaron Rodgers, do you think the Bills should be plus 120? And are you going to take them? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think that's the best bet. I kind of stayed away from the win total. I, as for the win total real quick, I feel like a lot of people are just going to look at the 10 and a half and be like, oh, that's too low and jump all over on the under. But I don't know if I'm there. You know, they, they went mean 13 the over. And, yeah, the over. Yeah. Uh, they went 13 and three, like you said, last season. But when you dive into their schedule, their road games are tough at the Jets, Bengals, Eagles, at Arrowhead, Chargers, Dolphins. Week nine through 16 is extremely tough. I feel like they only have one easy road game, in my opinion. Um. But yeah, honestly, my favorite bet is for them to win the division at plus 120. Don't get me wrong. The AFC East got a lot better, but I still think they are the overall best team in the division. I do think they make it four years in a row that they win the division. I think the one one big area is the turnovers that you mentioned. You know, that killed them last season, 27, third most in the league. I think Sean McDermott will address that. He will make it a priority for them to play smarter football. And defensively, he is calling the plays now. And I think they're going to be more aggressive getting to the quarterback because last season in the playoffs, they couldn't, we talked about their playoff game. They couldn't even get to Joe Burrow. So I think that's going to be, I think that's going to change. I think they're going to be a little more aggressive there. So if you're asking me who I think will win the division, I think it will be the bills. I don't want anything to do with their win total just because it is juicy on the over. And I think the bills could win the division and still go under this total. If that makes sense. I think it's possible if you're looking at three or four of these teams being very competitive once again, and maybe they'll cannibalize each other. I do think Buffalo will be favored in a lot of these home games, arguably all of them. So we'll see how that goes. But I think when I'm looking at Buffalo, once again, I'm not going to take the win total. I agree with you. I think that juice is not worth it at 10 and a half. Do I think they're going to go over? Probably. I think it'll be close though. I have them going personally 11 and six, which I think is probably good enough to win the division. But I see an eleven and six season. You? Yeah, I see. I counted. I counted eleven wins initially, but I just don't, I don't feel like the juice is worth it. They are favored in thirteen games this season. So oh, sorry, I said eleven and six. I meant eleven and uh. No oh, wait. Yeah, eleven and six. Eleven Why and six. Yeah. Why what? No, I'm I'm just looking at the AFC East standings on ESPN, and they're missing a game for Buffalo. Oh, uh, no, because they, oh, they had the, yeah, you had the, ha- yeah, okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah, the DeMar Hamlin That's game. right, you had the Hamlin situation. I forgot um, about that. That's why the but, math would throw me off. I got him at yeah. 11 and 6. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I could see it. I just, I, I'd rather not, I'd rather not bet it just because I, there are games that I gave them that, you know, they could wind up losing. So, yeah, I, I could see them going under. Yeah, so I got them at 11 and 6, but I think they'll mm-hmm. win the division as well. But moving on, do you have anything else you want to add for Buffalo or should we move on? Any player props? Yeah, no, no player props for me as well for them. Okay, uh, so moving on to the next team. It's going to be the team that both of us root for, the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. And to go through their offseason, very, very busy. And it looks like a reunion or some type of family vacation because they brought back a lot of people from Green Bay to New York. So to go through who they got, they got Aaron Rodgers. They got Alan Lazard. They ended up getting Randall Cobb. And if you want to go into some of the other veterans they got, they ended up getting McCall Hardman, who might be healthy for two weeks. We'll see what happens. Uh, But to look at the rest of the acquisitions, some offensive line interior stuff. They did trade for Chuck Clark, who unfortunately did suffer a season-ending injury, which is a really tough break for the defense. But Clark was supposed to be a big impact player, but he's not going to be a factor of the season. 
uh, for draft picks. They picked up McDonald's, who you mentioned before. Uh, they got Abanaconda, the running back out of Pittsburgh later. I know he played yesterday. It looked okay. Uh, they got Tipman, who's going to help out the offensive line a little bit. For the offseason losses, they lost Mike White, who went to Miami, lost Elijah Moore, lost Be- uh, Berrios, lost James Robinson, who might not be in the league anymore. Uh, besides going through everybody else, Greg Zerline left, Marcus Joyner left, Quan Alexander left. Uh, a lot of turnover with this team. So I'm going to ask, yeah. they went 7-10 and 10 last year, mostly because the offense wasn't any good. Mm-hmm. This year, you get Aaron Rodgers off of a down year, uh, but I think we are expecting somewhat big things from Rodgers and Garrett Wilson in particular. I'm going to ask you with Brees Hall potentially coming back for the start of the season as well. When he got injured, that was a big deal. AVT coming back to help out the offensive line. Are you high on the Jets, or do you think this team's overrated? Uh, that's a good question. I wouldn't say I'm particularly very high. I'm higher than I was last year with Zach Wilson. I could say that. But I honestly don't like Hard Knocks being there. I don't like all the primetime games, to be honest. Uh, it, it comes it, it with territory, be, though. I so know. I know. I knew it was going to happen. But, you know, I, I kind of like going under the radar. My expectations are high, but not too high. I think we'll be definitely better. I think we're a playoff team. I just don't want to. I just don't want all their heads to get big. And I think having Aaron Rodgers, he'll keep everyone in even keel. But you were mentioned the offseason. I thought it was good. Obviously, the biggest one is Aaron Rodgers. I thought losing Chuck Clark was big. Excuse me. I also thought losing uh, Quan Alexander, a veteran in the locker room, a guy who goes uh, sideline to sideline and makes tackles. I thought that was a huge loss for us as well. Um, We did get Adrian Amos, though. So he's okay from Green Bay as well. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I I, I like what they saw. I actually like the other offensive tackle that we drafted, uh, Carter Warren. Uh, Carter Warren from uh, he's actually right around the corner from here. Uh, he went to my mom's school. But yeah, he's another addition that could help on the offensive line. So expectations are high, but I'm not trying to get very very high where everyone's putting these Super Bowl tickets in. I I think we're maybe two three years away still. So. Yeah, well, I don't know if you could say three years away because Rodgers isn't getting any younger. So it's probably going to be there this year or next year. But to go through the actual win total for the Jets, I mentioned the division odds before, but I'll do it again. Uh, Jets to win the division is plus 270. You can probably shop around, find a better line. Over-unders at nine and a half. The over is minus 115. And the Jets to make the playoffs is minus 130. I'm going to ask you right now, out of those three bets, do any interest you or do you prefer the no angle or the fade angle on the Jets? Yeah, so uh, not going to take them to win the division. I think you could, if you do like them to win the division, I think you could get a better number in season because I do think they'll, they they got a tough schedule. The whole AFC has a very tough schedule. I, I was going to read off the first couple games in a second, but yeah, it's yeah, definitely you, not an easy schedule to start. But anyway, I'll let you finish your point. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, uh, as for those three, I wouldn't take the, the division because I do think Buffalo is going to win it. I do like the over. I already hammered the over nine and a half. I do think they'll make the playoffs at minus 130. Over nine and a half. You got six stand standalone games, only two games at one o'clock game before December 8th. So, you know, eight of the first 11 are playoff teams. So it's going to be a going to be a hard schedule to open up. Obviously, like you mentioned, a lot of buzz around this team with Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, I'm extremely confident that he's going to make this a better football team. It's just not a minor change. You know, the Jets go from starting two backups in either Zach Wilson or Mike White to a two time MVP, not far removed either. So 
like we said, the schedule is very tough. Uh, I'm not one of those people who think Aaron Rodgers kind of has fallen off. I think what we saw last season is kind of like inexperience on the wide receiver room in Green Bay. It wasn't really him. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of moving pieces when odds come when they come to game day. But we know the Jets have an elite defense, top five defense, I think, in my opinion. Only an underdog in five games, and two of them are at home. Chiefs are only a one-point favorite at MetLife. So win totals at nine and a half is the highest win total for the Jets since 2011. But we've won seven games last season with essentially no real quarterback. So and that was with I, the collapse to end the year. Exactly. So I, I got to be on the over. I already put a ticket in. I think Aaron Rodgers is at least worth three to four wins. Yeah, for me, owing to the over as well, I will point out that the Jets schedule is really tough. And yet, despite it being so tough, they actually have the easiest schedule in the entire division. Uh, the Patriots have the hardest schedule in the entire league. The yeah. Dolphins have the third hardest schedule. The Bills have the fourth hardest schedule, and the Jets have the seventh hardest schedule. So I guess it's technically the easiest if you want to be tricky with the wording, but the point is every team in that division has a pretty difficult road, but the Jets' start is really, really tough. So to go through the actual schedule – Home game against the Bills, road game against the Cowboys, home game against the Patriots, home game against the Chiefs, road game against Denver. That's going to be a little bit of a game that's circled in the calendar after some oh, of the yeah. comments Sean Payton made. Uh, but then you have a home game against the Eagles, road game against the Giants, home game against the Chargers. Now, personally, not to sound like a hater, I think the Giants are going to struggle this year. I think they were pretty fortunate of a favorable schedule last year. But you're looking at all the teams I mentioned. Denver was not a playoff team. Patriots were not a playoff team. Both those teams might be a little bit sneaky. Maybe I'm, I'm low on the Patriots. Spoiler now. I think they're going to be a bad football team. So they should be able to beat New England. Denver's interesting. You're going to altitude. You never know how that's going to go. But there is a feasible world where the Jets start the season potentially, what, like one in three, one in four, maybe even one in five. It's unlikely, but I can see it in theory, right? I I think we could be too hopeful. I think we could be two and two going into Denver in altitude. I think we could beat the Cowboys. I know it's on the road on a short week, but I think the Jets are better than Dallas. Personally. Yeah, I, I I agree. So I think I'm I'm a little down on them. Uh, I think home. I think honestly, I think we can be three and one. I think it's going to be a toss up week one. Um, I think we could go out there and beat Dallas. I think we were much better than the Patriots. I think Arrowhead is going to be tough. It's, it is at home. Um, but yeah, like a lot of our uh, tough games are at home, which kind of help us. Like, I feel like the only hard games on the road, you got Buffalo, obviously that we go to Miami, yeah. we go to, but other than that, maybe out Cleveland? of division, it's really not bad. Besides it, Denver, really, yeah. if you, if you have faith in Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, yeah. that's the hardest non-divisional road game. Yeah. hundred percent. So I, I think in a, an ideal world, we could be either two and two going into week five, maybe three and one, if we start off really well, but I think there's a lot of, a lot of positives that we could look at for the jets. I think if the jets start the year three and one, they're winning 11 games. Yeah, like they're that, flying over this win total if they start off three and one. I don't have them going three and one. I think they will be two and two going mm -hmm. into the Denver game. And we'll go from there, maybe three and three to start the year. So we'll go from there. People might hit the panic button early, but once again, it is a tough schedule. You're probably gonna have some growing pains early on. Rogers, new environment, a lot of weapons. Some of them that he, you know, he brought along to help maybe teach the wide receivers what he likes and stuff like that. Cobb might be a, a mentor 
to the likes of Garrett Wilson and company. But still, there is a lot of, I'd say, uncertainty to start the year. I think they'll figure yeah. it out as they go. But it would not shock me if the Jets get off to a slow start and maybe you can get a better number midseason. I am going to ask you, though, since you didn't have any player props for the Bills, do you have anything on the Jets? Because I think Garrett Wilson is going to destroy the entire league. Yeah, uh, I do like some Garrett Wilson props, but honestly, my one of my favorite plays for the for this uh, episode is Aaron Rodgers is over passing yards, three thousand eight hundred and a half. I, to be honest, I think Aaron Rodgers sets the all time Jets passing record. I mean, he's you definitely going to have the number for that for uh, the all time. I think it is three thousand nine hundred or something okay. like that. So it's not too far off from his his line, but. I think it's a no-brainer. He's going to have a better year than he did last year. His support cast is much better than what he had last year. And I don't know, like, drafting, like, for fantasy purposes, I don't know about drafting him. I think, you know, he could definitely be better than he was last year. I think he's a top 10 fantasy quarterback, but he is coming off his worst fantasy year. Zero games with 20 points or better. So that's never happened for him in his career. And in fantasy, you know, we like to look towards guys who could run, who could do it all, who are – you know, younger, I guess you could say, and he's not getting any younger. Uh, I think he'll, I think he's going to have a much better season. I think, like you said, the addition of uh, Mikhail Harmon, you got Alan Lazard, uh, Randall Cobb. I think we have a nice bunch of veterans that are going to coexist with Garrett Wilson. So I, I think he's going to go over this passing yard prop. That's one of my favorites. I think Lazard's very talented. He just always hurt, which is the problem you run into. But I am going to ask since there were some rumors also going around with the Jets since their offseason might not be done. And since Rodgers took a massive pay cut, shout out to him. Dalvin Cook, yay or nay? I mean, a lot of my friends have asked me that. I mean, it doesn't hurt to add a guy like that in a running back room where we really don't know. I'm a Brees Hall fan. I think he was going to win offensive rookie of the year if he didn't get hurt. But I was going to say he's off a serious injury. You probably could use some depth at that. Position. Yeah, you could use some depth. And I think Michael Carter, uh, Michael Carter Jr. He's okay. But one of those guys is going to have to leave if we do sign Dalvin Cook. I don't think it hurts the team. I think the reason we haven't gotten a contract from everything that I've read is his role. You know, Dalvin Cook is healthier than he's ever been. And he he doesn't want to be in a position where he's going to be the number two back. And I think going forward, our future is with Brees Hall. So I, I think early on, it could help us because like we mentioned, these first four or five games are extremely tough. So to get some depth and we don't really, is Brees Hall going to be ready for week one? I think that's the major question, right? There, there are some conflicting reports about that, but yeah. I do wonder if Dalvin does end up signing do you think that sways a win total or anything? Because I don't personally, I don't, but it do- yeah. I think it's nice to have that type of insurance policy yeah. in your backfield. Yeah, 100%. I think it, you can never go wrong with a guy like Dalvin Cook, who I think is a four-time, five-time Pro Bowler. But yeah, I think he's going to go somewhere in the AFC East. I know he's from Miami. Miami's shown interest as well. Uh, so did uh, the New England Patriots, but then they're going and have dinner with Zeke Elliott. So I really don't know there, but I think he will sign somewhere in the AFC East. But, you know, I, I really don't think it sways the win total a game or two, you know? Yeah, I don't either. But I am going to ask, though, since they might get Dalvin Cook, who the hell's the short yardage running back on this team? Is it just Brees? They're just going to tell Brees to it, figure it out? Yeah, it'd either be Brees or Knight. From last then there might be a problem. They don't exactly yeah. have a bruiser. Uh, they have a yeah. couple of speedsters, but they might want to potentially throw in a bruiser or somebody who might help them in short yardage. So maybe that'll be a problem on third and ones. They can't exactly fullback dive it or 
They can't yeah. run. You know, you know what I mean? It's going to be tough yeah. in the trenches on some short yard spots. So keep an eye out for that. Anything else you want to add for this team? By the way, uh, I looked it up. Yeah. The all-time single-season passing record for yards. Joe Namath in 1967 threw for 4,007 yards. 4,007 yards. I think he could do that. But it's an extra game, obviously. Yeah, so. yeah, extra game. I, I wanted to ask you real quick. I know we're going a little longer on the Jets, but what are your thoughts on, like, the two tight end with Coughlin? You got C.J. Uzmanzada. He's coming off this injury as well. Do you think, you know, Aaron Rodgers loves his tight ends as well. You think that's going to help our passing game? I think it's going to because it's going to be able to help camouflage the run. Rodgers is a very solid play-action quarterback, and I do think that having – whether it's Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook or Dalvin Cook or whatever they have. The point is the Jets should have at least one quality running back in the backfield at virtually all times. Yeah. And with that being the case, that should be able to open up some of the underneath stuff. Rodgers is also older, so getting the ball out quickly should help with him staying upright and to keep him healthy. We know Rodgers had some injuries over the past years because Green Bay has not always done the best job at protecting him. And he got hurt. And I know he had a collarbone issue for a couple of years there and a leg issue. But still, I think it's going to help. I do wonder about the overall depth of the receiving core, though. Yeah, Randall Cobb, so. very old. Alan Lazard, injured all the time, but very talented. Besides Garrett Wilson, how sold are you on the other receivers? Because you're mentioning the tight ends. You might have to use two tight ends out of necessity because you don't exactly have a great number two that you could rely on for more than, what, 10 games a season from Lazard? Yeah, 100%, and I think that's why I was asking you how they're going to fit into this offense because you mentioned Mikhail Hartman maybe only playing two three games, which it, I'm laughing, but it could be true because that's usually the trajectory of him. But, you know, I don't like Corey Davis either. He gets hurt a lot, so I – and, you know, they've they have, they have an injury-prone wide receiver, receiver. core with, yeah. with the exception of their number one guy. And I, I think it was – it was – I think you now you're seeing why – Aaron Rodgers took that pay cut. We've been seeing rumors. I I don't I can't speak for you, but I don't think the Raiders are going to have a good season. I think they're going to be sellers at the deadline, and maybe they want to go and move uh, Devontae Adams. Maybe we have a reunion there because we we need depth in the wide receiver room. So that's why I was kind of, I guess uh, I I guess I had confusion why we were going so hard after Dalvin Cook when I thought personally we could actually use a, a better wide receiver. Yeah, that's how I look at it. But once again, they might figure it out. I do expect to see a decent amount of two tight end looks uh, with this team. But anyway, uh, I think that's going to do it for the actual Jets. Now we're going to mm -hmm. move on to the Dolphins. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about our sponsors here. Decide we're going to do one ad read just to keep people guessing. Uh, we're brought to you by the Sports Game Podcast Patreon, which is the perfect place for diehard DGens. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first place prize, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast, an ad-free, that's a nice selling point, uncensored show, another good selling point, highlighted the highlighting the best stories from decades of being DGENs. I'm sure we all got a couple that we could share. Uh, there is even a Discord channel just for patrons. The Sports Game Podcast has and always will give out all their picks for free. Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. SportsGamePodcast.com slash Patreon. SportsGamePodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NFL season is right around the corner, and Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props, and it's available in a ton of markets. Plus, plenty of opportunities to win 
in their daily MLB contest. And of course, make sure to enter Best Ball Mania 4, where first place gets a casual $3 million. That's a pretty nice day right there. Uh, head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast. Just finished going through the first two teams there in the AFC East with Dylan and I uh, going through the Bills and the Jets. Now it's time to move on to a place with nicer weather. I'll admit it as a New Yorker. Mm. We're going to go to Miami and to look at the actual lines here for the Dolphins. Once again, they are third fiddle, but you can make an argument. It's kind of a 2A, 2B situation with the Jets and the Dolphins because they have basically the same win total and the same odds for everything. But to go through the win total here, actually the division odds first, Jets are plus 270, Dolphins are plus 300. Win total, both teams are at 9.5. Jets are minus 115 to the over. The Dolphins are minus 120 to the under. Same number, though, at 9.5. Make playoffs, Jets minus 130. Dolphins make playoffs minus 110. To go through some of the offseason moves for the Dolphins, they were able to secure Jets backup quarterback Mike White, who might end up playing some portion of the season. We'll talk about Tua's injury risk in a second, which everyone's already well, pretty familiar with. They got Berrios, who was the Jets slot receiver and special teams guy. They got Robbie Anderson, a lot of former Jets on this team. Uh, But to go through all the other moves, the big move was getting Jalen Ramsey. The problem was we don't know how long he's going to be out for because he got injured in practice, got carted off. Luckily for them, it was not a season-ending injury, but he will be out indefinitely. So they're probably going to have to play a couple of games without him to start the year. Uh, Besides that, though, for their losses during the offseason, they lost Shaq Lawson, they lost Kyle Van Noy, and a couple other options, but that's basically it. Mike Gisecki as well. Yeah, Gisecki, that's a good point. Sorry, I forgot to mention him. But to start off with the main elephant in the room, which we got to talk about, which I alluded to, do you think the Dolphins can go over nine and a half if Tua gets hurt halfway through the season? Oh, you had to throw that in. Uh, if you have they, a choice, right? Uh, I, I know. Uh, you can't not say it. If he gets hurt, if he doesn't get hurt, they definitely, I think, go over because we saw how electric this offense is when he is on the field. If he gets hurt, and who do they put in? Mike, Mike White. White. Oh. That's why I was asking. Because we saw him uh, play last year. He was fine. Okay. He, yeah. he fell apart in Seattle in a pretty important game at the end of the year, but the entire team did. So I guess that's yeah. not totally his fault. But I'm asking because two we know had great numbers last year was a product of a little bit of a weak schedule. And then he faced off against the Niners and we saw how bad he was in that game against the Chargers on Sunday night football. Uh, but the point is, I do think when you're looking at Tua, this team should win 10 games if Tua's healthy, yeah. but I don't think he's going to be healthy. That's I, I, I don't, it's not even just about his injury history with regard to him getting injured again. It's the fact of how careful the Dolphins will be if an almost injury happens, because you know the media is going to completely torture this oh, yeah. medical staff and the coaching staff the entire season if something as small as it might seem happens to Tua. And I do wonder with that constantly hanging over this entire team and the entire front office at this point. I mean, I'm not sure if Tua is going to play like 12. Like, what if he gets into concussion protocol and he passes protocol? There's still going to be massive questions after the game. Like, there's no yeah, way to avoid it. It's just a ticking time bomb at this point, isn't it? Yeah, and we even seen last year when he passed uh, concussion protocol, they still didn't play him for an extra two games after that. So, 
I I agree. I think that, you know, he has been doing jujitsu in the offseason, so we'll see how he's been following. I think that's that's kind of a interesting take on not getting hurt for this upcoming season. But yeah, I mean, if, if he does get hurt, I think this organization, just the way they handled it and brought him back so quickly the first time he got hurt and then they ripped him for it. I think Mike McDaniel, I think in this organization is going to play a very careful and really not rush him back because you know you're playing with a man's life and even though he's a competitor and he wants to be out there with his teammates i i don't necessarily think you can do that because a couple more concussions and i and i think he's i think he's a whole i think it might be one i think he's one or two i was just gonna rephrase it i think he's one or two concussions away from not playing football again and i think that's I, I, that might be a hot take, but I, I really just don't think so. You know? I don't think it's a hot take in today's society. If it was the 70s, he would be he would play until he had serious brain damage. But yeah. if you're looking at nowadays with all the advancements in overall science and even just the overall stigma surrounding concussions, which is relatively new after mm-hmm. you know what happened, all the sad stories of all the former players who had CTE and everything like that, but people take concussions seriously. And yeah. I do think that, once again, they're going to be more safe than sorry as a result, even though the Dolphins still have Tyree Kill and they still have Jalen Waddle, I'm going to lean under on the win total of nine and a half because I don't think two is going to stay healthy. And you can call me a skeptic. I am. Because once again, I don't have any reason to believe a guy with serious concussion issues who also got injured in college is suddenly going to stay healthy for 17 games. Like I, I just don't see a world where that happens. I think he's probably going to play maybe 10, maybe if you want to be generous, 13 or 14. But it's a very tough division, and I do think the Dolphins are the third best team in this division. Maybe I would take the over if Jalen Ramsey was healthy to start Mm -hmm. the year, but he's not. I don't know how many games Jalen Ramsey's going to miss. So with so many question marks with injuries now and potential injuries in the future, I got to go Miami under. I just think nine and a half in this division is too high. I see them going nine and eight. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, they do return an electric offense. It was good. They did add Jalen Ramsey, but he got hurt. So he's probably going to be out, they said, to around December. But just looking at their schedule, you know, it's really tough. There are so many unknowns with them. The injuries, like you mentioned, uh, rough schedule early on. They're on the road week one against the Chargers. They're on the road back to back. Then they go to Foxborough and play New England. Then they're on the road in Orchard Park. Then they're on the road in Lincoln and playing the Eagles. They're on the road in Arrowhead. Like they they got a really rough schedule for them. A, a lot of things went right for them early on, and then when they went on that losing streak toward the end of the season, it a lot of things went wrong for them for me. So you know, I, I just think the tough the Dolphins are a tough team to figure out. And I think, like you mentioned, the ceiling is high, but we know if Tua. If Tua could hold up, I, I think they could go over it. But, you know, this is a completely different team without Tua. So I agree on the under. Look, If you look at in the beginning, they started 3-0. and Then he suffered the concussion in week four. Then they went 0-3 without him. He returned in week seven. Miami went 5-0 and in their next five games. So if you're keeping track, my, that's 8-0 and with Tua, 0-3 without him. They can't win without Tua. That I think that's the bottom line. So I well, think the argument I- the argument is now they might be better. They might be better when Tua is out of the lineup compared to last year because unlike Skylar Thompson, you have an actual quarterback as your second string. Yeah, that's fair. I think Mike White. So is Mike White can maybe steal you a couple of games, maybe five hundred ball. 
maybe, maybe. but the, maybe, but this schedule is really tough. And you know, I, I, it's not that we're wishing injury, but if history has shown us anything, I'm just he being will realistic. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. I do think he will miss time this season. And I don't think those 50, 50 games, like, on the road against Washington or at home against Tennessee. I don't think those are gimme games, especially if two is not there. So yeah, so I, I, I got to go under for me. Once again, I'm not going to have money on Miami under. This is probably my least confident win total just because I really don't know what to expect from this team. I'm going to ask you what your favorite bet is though. We know we're not going to pick them to win the division. That's a given. Yeah, no. We're not going to pick them to go over the win total playoffs. They made it last year somehow. Yeah. To make the playoffs is minus 110. I'm on the no. I yeah, think the I'm AFC is going to be very difficult. Yeah, and I think the AFC North might have three teams. That, yes. in my personal I think they opinions. will. So, yeah, I don't think they will make the playoffs. Somehow they got in it last year at 9 and 8. I'm saying that I, they needed at least 10 wins. 10 wins yeah. might not even get them in. For, for a playoff spot. Yeah, that's that's the thing. So I, I don't think a, a key addition that I do like for this defense is Vic Fangio on the de a defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. I do think that will help the defense uh, because they just they blew so many big leads last season. Um, So my favorite play. Uh, yeah, like, like you, I'm not going to have any money on the win total just because there are so many unknowns. This was the toughest team to figure out, in my opinion, yeah. for this division. But my favorite play for Miami's a player prop it's going to be Jalen Waddle over 1050 and a half receiving yards I gotta go over here you know all eyes are going to be on Tyree Kill and sometimes they even double cover him and leave Waddle right open right over the middle you know he has the cap capability of catching a slant and taking it to the house so I, generally I love all Alabama receivers ever since Amari Cooper came into the league he was able to get 1300 uh, receiving yards last season and that was with a backup quarterback for a good portion of the season and he went under this number in his rookie season but only by 35 yards so they do have this extra game now Waddle's an easily a thousand plus receiver every year so I, I gotta go over here I'm with you this number just feels way too low uh, he had once again 1300 yards last year and 75 receptions and to look at his actual games played for Waddle he has been Pretty durable because he played 16 games in 2021 and he played all 17 games in 2022. So I do think, once again, for a guy that had some injury issues in college, he has been healthy in the pros. Yeah. And this number feels way too low because even if Tua is out, I still think Mike White can sling the ball around. They don't have to win games, just get yards. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that Waddle's in line for, once again, probably 12, 1,300 yards. Yeah, hundred percent. Do you like uh, Tyreek Hill? There was, I think, there was a prop on on a sports book for him to lead the league in receiving, and it was he was like at plus a thousand. It's interesting. The argument though is that since Waddle's probably in line for twelve, thirteen hundred, is he going to be taking away too much production from Tyreek, mm -hmm. which is always a concern. Now Hill last year at seventeen hundred and ten yards, so he still went over Waddle by a large margin, but. At 10 to 1, I think it's it's worth something. Once again, he had yeah. 1,700 yards last year. Like, I think that's worth a flyer. Do I think he's going to lead the league in receiving? No. But I think he'll finish top five. I think he'll finish arguably top three. Yeah, 100%. I agree. And I think especially it, it, it all comes down to Tua. I think if he stays healthy, I think he could get him the ball. And even if he doesn't, Mike White has shown us last season that he could sling the rock. And look at Garrett Wilson. He racked up over 1,000 yards. And you're also looking at Miami's overall depth chart. I'm not exactly sold on their running backs. Uh, so I do think, once again, 
that could be an issue where they might need to throw the ball more than they'd like to because do you like the running back core? Because I think it's really not that impressive. They got what? Jeff Wilson and they have uh, Raheem Morris. I, I don't, but... You mean, you, mean, you mean Mostert? Mostert, Morris, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mostert. Well, to go through the actual depth chart for the Dolphins at running back, they have Mostert, who's never healthy. They have Jeff Wilson, who's never healthy. They ended up drafting Atchin, the, the very fast running back from AM. Uh, they have Gaskin in theory, but once again, I'm mentioning a bunch of running backs who I have no faith in. Yeah, and the only reason I think that they could have some value is just because the way Mike McDaniel draws up this offense. He's very creative in the way he puts these running backs. I like Jeff Wilson, don't get me wrong, but you're when right. Healthy. Can, when healthy, yeah, they can never stay on the field. That's the problem. Yeah, and Mostert is one of my favorite running backs from his San Francisco time. Crazy yeah. that he ran for like 200 yards in an NFC title game, and then he was never healthy ever again. But <laughs> still, it definitely an interesting team, but it's going to come down to injuries, which is why we're kind of yeah taking the cop-out approach of not picking much. I do think not making the playoffs to, is worth something at minus 110, just because of how many potential wildcard teams are going to be. So you have the division winners, which let's assume Chalk holds. Let's assume you have the Bengals. Let's assume you have the Bills. And let's assume you end up having uh, the Chiefs. And, you know, you can just kind of go through who you think. The AFC South's a joke. That doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah. point is, you're looking at the wild card potential teams. You have the Jets, the Dolphins, in theory. New England, no, we'll talk about them in a second. You have... The Ravens, you have the Steelers, you have arguably the Browns. I don't like the Browns, but, you know, you have two teams from that division. There's a lot of, you know, battling for only a handful of spots. I think miss the playoffs at minus 110 is my favorite play on Miami with all the injury concerns. And the fact that once again, 10 wins might not be enough to get a wild card spot. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I I don't think they make the playoffs, and I think you're getting a very discounted price because of all the, I guess, expected hype out of Miami. So I guess we could count Buffalo. Is it expected hype, though? They're the third best team in the division, according to betting markets. Yeah, but I, I that's think... Why, that's why I have a hard time with this. They're priced at basically a pick them to make the playoffs, and they're being viewed as the third best team in their own division. So you like, think that, there should be plus crazy. money? You think I think it should, should be plus money. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, unless no, the I argument agree. is them and the Jets are identical, so it's basically a trade-off. But I don't think the Dolphins should be minus one ten. I think it's discounted because they made the playoffs last year in nine and eight, which was kind of fluky. Yeah, and I think you, you mentioned it. They have a lot of similarities, like win total with the Jets, and I, I just don't see it. I, I think the Jet, not bias aside, I just think the de- the Jets are a little better. I'm not saying they're a whole lot better, but I think they're a game or two better than the Miami Dolphins. I'm taking Rodgers over Tua. I'm taking Rodgers over Mike White. I'm taking the secondary over an injured Jalen Ramsey to start the year. I'm aware the Dolphins have a significant edge at wide receiver compared to the Jets because you have Waddle and and Hill. Significant. Mm -hmm. The other position groups, I think the Jets are better in most of them. Yeah. I think McDaniel's a better coach than Salah, which I guess is the trade-off, but still. And I don't even think it's by that much, to be honest. I think Robert Salah is coming into his own, to be honest, a little bit. But yeah, he's I think coming both... into his own for two, three years, but he didn't have a real quarterback. So it's tough yeah. to read into. I think McDaniel's actually a very good coach. Yeah, I do too. He's he's a little quirky, though. Well, he, got... he goes for the nerdy vibe, too. Yeah. It's, it's like Michael Sarah comedy. You know what I mean? What, was he actually vaping in the playoff? Yeah, game? I believe he was. 
I, I get a Michael Sarah vibe, you know, when yeah. I hear him. Like it, it's it kind of gives me that type of it's a mix between Michael Sarah and McLovin from Super. Yeah, this Bad. was like definitely I'm, the the hardest team to I guess get a grip on or get it kind of a real understanding of how they're really gonna perform. That's not season. even for this division. That's probably for the entire league. Yeah, that's fair. But anyway. I don't have anything more to add there. I like your wild yeah. play for yards. Uh, you mentioned the long shot with Tyreek to lead the league in receiving yards. I don't mind that because, once again, I mentioned Miami's running back core, and it's a mess. So they might have yeah. to throw the ball a lot. But anyway, time to get into the final season. I'm sorry, the final uh, team in this division. Maybe the final season of head <laughs> coach Bill Belichick. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, the New England Patriots, who, according to my notes, I might have glitched this out. It says here that they have the lowest win total in the division. Am I reading that right? Yeah, it's at seven and a half. Uh, you see seven and a half. I found a six and a half at minus 140. So we're going to see what happens. But yeah, the Patriots have fallen from grace. Uh, in fact, they are supposed to be quite bad in this division because they are three games once again separated from the third place team in win total. So keep an eye on that. But for New England's actual offseason, they were pretty active. I'm not sure how many moves are going to make much of a difference, but I got to read them off. They ended up getting Juju Smith. Uh, they ended up losing Jacoby Myers, though, so that, that's kind of a trade-off. They also ended up losing Aguilar. Most Patriots fans didn't like him anyway. Uh, but they ended up picking up Jasicki from Miami. They also ended up picking up Riley Reef on a one-year deal to help out the offensive line. And they had a steal in the draft. They ended up getting Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out of Oregon. I'm not sure how good he's going to be, but he's sort of in the draft right into New England's lap, and he's going to help out that secondary. As for some of the other offseason uh, absences or guys that they ended up losing. Damian Harris, I mentioned before, they lost Janu Smith. That experiment failed. Uh, Isaiah Wynn on the offensive line, Marcus Cannon on the offensive line, and Kajust uh, ended up also leaving. They also lost Ferentz, uh, one of the centers. They lost Devin McCourty, and their starting punter in Jake Bailey. So New England made some moves. To be honest, it felt like they were shuffling chairs in the Titanic. I don't think they're a very good team. Now, last year, they ended up actually winning more games than I thought they were going to win. Uh, but yeah. you're looking at the overall roster. It's easily the worst roster in the division. It's not even close. Mac Jones is still the quarterback, even though apparently nobody likes him in New England. So we're going to see how long he's going to last. But New England went eight and nine somehow. The number's at six and a half. This number feels very Tomlin-ish, where you're expecting the Steelers to struggle and Tomlin finds a way to win eight or nine games. And New England is once again a bad team on paper, a really bad team on paper. But you have Bill Belichick. You have arguably the best coach of all time. This team did manage to win nine games despite having Patricia calling offensive plays for an entire season. I'm going to ask you this, six and a half, you're going to lean to the over, going to lean to the under. I mean, like you said, they went eight and nine last season. They're only Somehow. favored Somehow, with having Dumb and Dumber calling plays, I, I, I have a good friend of mine who's a New England Patriot fan, and he used to bang his head on the wall sometimes, just like the, the play calling that they had. But yeah, they're only favored in three games this season. I think you're right. I think they have the hardest schedule in the NFL. It's actually uh, the not first four weeks. Yeah, the first four weeks are insane, I think. You're at home against Philly, then you're at home against Miami, then you're on the road against the Jets, on the road against the Cowboys, then you're at home against the Saints. Like, you know, the first four weeks are projected teams that are going to finish with a winning record. Like, we all know Bill Belichick loves to beat up on these rookie quarterbacks, but the only quarterbacks that they're facing this season with less than 30 snaps 
Anthony Richardson, Kenny Pickett, and Sam Howell. And I don't think those are gimme games besides Indianapolis. I think Steelers could beat them, and I think uh, Commanders are going under the radar a little bit. But last season, Patriots, they finished 4-4 four and four in one-score games. However, they did... They did have an unsustainable uh, turnover differential, plus nine in that area in those eight games. So I think negative luck regression in terms of kind of health is probable, especially on defense for them. And, you know, lastly, I think they're going to struggle on the offensive line. They finished last in run block, 15th in pass block last year, and a below average offensive line. They lost Isaiah Wynn and Marcus Cannon in the offensive line. It's not good for the Patriots who face the third most difficult pass rushers in this in their schedule as well. So a lot has to go right. I'm not sold on Mac Jones either, to be honest. So I got to go under seven and a half wins or six and a half. I think you could even take alternate totals for them. So I remember going into the NFL draft, uh, Munaf and I did an AFC East draft preview episode where we kind of speculated what we thought the teams would do and who they would target. I said New England might be a sneaky candidate to try to end up getting Caleb Williams. I'm not saying they're going to end up getting him or maybe even getting uh, the consolation prize, a pretty good one in Drake May. Uh, But I think New England might be like top five pick bad. They are in trouble. And you're looking at the schedule. I'm going to mention the first couple games of the season and the last couple games. So to start the season, this is in order. Eagles, Dolphins, at Jets, at Cowboys, at home against the Saints. That's their first five games. Can you see a world they go 0-5? 100%. Okay. They play the Raiders on the road. Not easy. Luckily for them, Myers isn't on the team, so he might not lateral the ball backwards. (laughs) But still, uh, they might win that one. They play Buffalo after that, and they play Miami after that. So there's a chance New England starts out 1-7. And then I'm going to – so that's the start of the season. Now I'm going to read off the final – let me just go through this. The final seven games of the division. So that, uh, the final seven games of the schedule. So I mentioned the start of the season. The final seven games. At Giants, at home against Chargers, at Steelers, home against the Chiefs, at Broncos, at Bills, home against Jets. They might win four games. That schedule is impossible. Like, I, I don't know how many games they're supposed to win. Now, the argument is, once again, it's a Tomlin-Belichick effect. They're going to find a way. They're going to win a bunch of ugly games, and maybe they'll find a way to take advantage of the turnover differential, and they'll sneak away with some wins. I think New England's going to win five games. I think they're going to be a really bad football team. The first time I counted, I counted three wins, and I was like, okay, that's a little egregious. I'm giving Belichick a couple there, so I'll give yeah. him five. Yeah, I'll give them a couple that that you know that they might lose, but you didn't mention those two before the bye, Washington and Indianapolis. I I think they'll beat Indianapolis, but Washington I don't think is a gimme game. I don't think that they're just gonna walk all over Washington either. But yeah, I think they. I mean, I, I gave them uh, the Raiders win, but that's on the road. That might not be an easy game as well. I don't think Denver's an easy game. I, I just. Giants, I, I agree on you. I, I'm low on the Giants. I think they're going to have a down year, but that's no easy game on the road either. So uh, four or five wins at that. Yeah, so once again, I think they're a sneaky candidate to not only finish in last in this division, to go under the win total. If you, if you can find a prop on them to be, have a top five draft pick, if there's a market available for that, I think they will be drafting in the top five. You you were saying earlier about you know they they don't really like Mac Jones in New England. Do you think they may if he 
if he starts 0-5, 0-4, maybe 1-4, do you think they make the move? Do you think Bailey Zappi gets in there? Uh, I I think he should. I mean, he looked decent in small doses. Then he kind of got a little bit of, ex, of ex, you know, he got exposed at the end there, but still. I don't like the weapons. Uh, you're looking at the offense besides the quarterback for a second. You got Hunter Henry and Jasicki. Okay, pretty good tight ends. You have Devontae Parker, who they paid a lot of money, and I don't know why, because he's a jump ball receiver who's never healthy. They have Juju, who was good last year, but when you're playing with Mahomes, they're going to look good automatically. And once again, you lost Jacoby Myers, who was very productive last year, which is kind of a trade-off there. And your other receiver is Tyquan Thornton. You drafted – I mean, you still have Bourne. You have uh, Bodie out of LSU, who basically got thrown out of college. I'm not sure how that's going to go with Belichick being in charge of him. They don't have any weapons. Like, there's nothing to like about this offense. Yeah, I do you like anything on this offense? The tight ends, I guess, are like a a small like Mm -hmm. congrats. That's that's the yeah, that's the only thing I was gonna say was their tight ends. I kind of like Hunter Henry and I do like Mike Gusecki. But you mentioned um, Kayshawn Booty. Everything that I've been reading out of camp, they like this kid. I don't know how he's just a head case. He got thrown out of college. That's the thing, and and under Belichick, who's a no nonsense type of guy, I don't know how that's gonna fly in New England. But yeah, I also I, just, li- I also like Stevenson at the running back. Yeah, but, but they that. don't ha- they don't have depth behind him. No, so and they, he had they have a good the defense. Of last year. I think their defense is going to keep them in some games, but I think their defense is going to continue to be on the field so much that, like I said, we're going to see some negative regression from them this season. I'm just looking at, once again, the overall schedule. This team could realistically win three or four games. You're assuming, one though, with how Tomlin did it the last couple of years, they'll find a way offensively to score 17 points, they'll hold you to 14, and they'll win a bunch of games nobody wants to watch. Yeah, They can only win games one way. That's really the problem you run into. They can only win in low-scoring rock fights. My main betting play for New England, the under in virtually every game. Yeah. These games are going to be hideous. It's going to be Big Ten football quality, uh, uh-huh. not Ohio State, not Michigan. So a bunch of running clock. I think they're going to win four or five games. I think they're a sneaky candidate once again to have one of the worst records in the league. And if you want to talk about not being sold on Jones, once again, if you want to blow the whole thing up and you start off 0-5, 0-6, you can really punt the season because you hate your quarterback so much and you have two potential franchise-changing quarterbacks coming out in the draft. And they did get Bill O'Brien back, and I think that will help them a little bit. But like Compared to said, Patricia, that's a massive yeah, upgrade. Massive upgrade. But like you said, if, if there's a lost cause and they wind up punting, I think Drake May or Caleb Williams, and then you put them under Bill O'Brien, I, I think – I think that's a very good uh, recipe, and I think you're you're in the right direction moving forward. But, yeah, I think Mac Jones is actually on the hot seat. I, I think this is a prove-it year for them, especially with the addition of Bill O'Brien. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too high on the Patriots at all. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Um, you know, even, even looking at some uh, passing props for a guy like uh, Mac Jones, I think I'm it's – On the it, under. I don't think he gets through the whole year. It's at 19 and a half. That's just so low. I think he could get 20 pass, uh, twenty touchdown passes. I don't, I don't know how many games he's going to play. Once again, if they start off 0-6, they're pulling him. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah I, I don't know. The schedule is so bad that he's going to get blamed no matter what happens. Yeah, that's a fair point. So I, I'm, I'm going to lean to unders on Jones, but I'd rather take the yards 
uh, personally, because they're going to try to run the ball anyway. But mm-hmm. I don't have anything else to add. New England, I think, is going to be bad. And yeah. Belichick, I know that he finds ways to win with le- with less, with, I'd say less than stellar talent. But at some point, you got to just be honest with yourself and just say that they're easily the worst team in this division. I'm not sure how many games they even win in this division. There's not many wins to be had. I mean, they're like I think Vegas is basically indicating how good they are. They're only favored in three games. So yet the win total is still at six and a half or seven. That's that's what I don't understand. So I don't know. I, I'm not high on them at all. I don't really have too much plays. I'm on under. I love the unders for this season for them. It's gonna be a very tough and gritty kind of style of football they have. But do you um you like Bill O'Brien in this in this offense because I think you were mentioning with they don't really have weapons, but you know Bill O'Brien has come in and done a little done more with less. And you know I, I think there's a prop to finish last in the AFC at plus four hundred. Uh, it'll be the first time ever since two thousand that they'll finish last in the AFC East. Do you think that happens? The Patriots they're coming in yeah. last. Yeah. In my opinion, unless Tua or Rodgers or Allen get seriously hurt. Like, no, I, they're going to come in last place. This team's not any good, Yeah, in my opinion. How do you think Christian Gonzalez is going to look? I think that was kind of a steal, to be honest. He's fun- yeah, it was a steal for the time, but now you're trusting a rookie corner to be a serious piece. And we the defense is usually good. But once again, you're looking at who they acquired and who they lost in the offseason. Kind of offsets each other, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they lost a couple of offensive linemen. Uh, they uh, brought some guys back. They lost some receivers, brought some back. But it looked like, once again, they were shuffling chairs. I didn't yeah. really see many big moves. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think it's going to be a very challenging year for them. And and you mentioned Gonzalez, who was a solid pick for the first round for New England. A reminder, Belichick is historically a terrible drafter in the first round. Gonzalez was, once again, viewed as a steal. I'm not saying he's going to be bad, but... Belichick's missed a lot more than he's hit on first round draft picks. Yeah, and now throwing him into this juggernaut of a schedule. A schedule, I think. It's I, a I lot think of he's got number one receivers and number two receivers he's facing as a rookie. Yeah, that's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I think he's gonna have his hands full. I agree. I don't have much more to add though. I think. What about uh? Real quick, I wanted to get your thoughts on Matt Judon, his uh, sack prop. I think it's at 11 and a half right now. Do you like that? I, I think he's the best I'm a, defender I'm a big they Judon have. fan. I, yeah. I'd lean to the over anyway. Uh, Judon, I think that he's in line to go for 15 sacks in any given season. The defense I like. The offense is going to be bad. That's the problem. But the defense is fine. So Judon, I like as a yeah. player. Yeah, I like Judon over 11 and a half sacks as well. Yeah, uh, but I think that's going to wrap it up for the actual preview. Went through every single team. Before we officially close out, though, I will give you the opportunity to give out your favorite bet. You have one best bet for this division. <sighs> I mean, I don't want to be a homer, but I do like the Jets over nine and a half wins. I just think the upgrade with Aaron Rodgers, I think it's going to be monumental how big of an upgrade and just kind of the culture change that he's bringing to this team. Um, I like that. I like his over uh, 3,800 and a half passing yards. And I actually like uh, Jalen Waddle, who's receiving yards. I think that's one of my favorite plays as well. I think just think on principle, it's a little too low. No matter who's at quarterback, whether it's Mike White or uh, Tua, Tua, I think that he's going to have 1,100, 1,200 yards. So either Jalen Waddle, best bet, or uh, Jets over nine and a half wins. Those would be my two favorite bets. And just to ask, what was the number on Waddle again? It was 1090? 
No, 10, 50 and a half. 10, 50 and a half? Yeah, that, that's my best bet. That number's way yeah. too low. I think he's in line for 12, 1300. I mentioned Miami has an issue with their durability with the running backs, not to mention how unimpressive the overall core is. So I can see them throwing a lot, especially with McDaniel, who loves to throw the ball. Let's be real. McDaniel, even though he yeah. has some background with the Niners, he does like to air it out, and he's a very creative play designer. I can see Hill and Waddle combining once again for close to like 2,800 receiving yards. Like I can see a world where that happens again, but give me Waddle over on yards is my favorite bet. 10.50 and a half is way too low. And once again, even if Tua does get hurt, I know Mike White can sling it. They might not win many games, but I know he can throw the ball around. Yeah, he gets him to the receivers no matter who it is. Yeah, so that's how I'm going to look at it as my favorite play there. My other favorite play will be New England under seven and a half wins at minus 160. You can probably shop around, find a better price, but seven and a half. No, this team with this schedule is going to win <laughs> probably five games. Yeah, I think even you could even take alternate to- win totals on them, to be honest, and get plus I, I said once again, they might be a sleeper to get a top two pick in the draft. So just keep an eye out. There there could be a chance. If if you're Belichick, though, I know you're trying to catch up the Shula and you're trying to set some yeah. records, but if you're playing this for the long haul, why would you not try to blow up the team halfway through, actively tank and get yourself a potential franchise-changing quarterback with one of the two picks in the draft? Especially if if you're right and they really don't like Mac Jones up. I don't think anybody England. likes Jones. If you heard a no. good thing about Jones in three years since he's been with New England, his rookie year I, was okay. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. The only thing I've heard about him is he's kind of smart in the in the uh, tape room where he he could read tape well. But other than that, I haven't heard one good thing about Mac Jones to be honest. I thought he looked good in his mugshot. Uh, yeah, that counts. But yeah. anyway, uh, I think we're going to end it on that note. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. You can find Dylan on Twitter as well. Let the people know where they can find you. Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Rock with two Ks 24. And of course, besides the NFL podcast, we can also be found on the MLB podcast. We could all I could be found on the tennis podcast as well. NBA podcast. I know Dylan's busy doing a bunch of content all the time. Do uh, you have anything else you want to add, Dylan, or should we just officially close out? Yeah, no. Uh, AFC East is—it's a juggernaut. I think it's one. I think it's maybe the second best division. So I'm, I look forward to, uh, you know, handicapping this season. I know it's a grind in a week in and week out for about five months, but yeah, I'm pumped up for the season. With the AFC East, the AFC West, and the AFC North, there's a couple of really, really good divisions in the AFC. Yeah. Should be fun though. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.